With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. This is the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show. Shout out Graham Weinstein and the entire Empire Media family. We are glad to be a part of the team. I'm your host, Coach Lewis. Back in the swing of things with students back in person, coaching track and field. I am joined by some of the realest, most opinionated humans behind a podcast microphone. And that is the hype, the voice, the commissioner, Eric, the Dr. Mendelson. Must feel good in the driver's seat about to approach a bye week coming into the number one seat of our fantasy league, buddy. Nah, because this is my team. Donovan Mitchell, Tobias Harris, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, Damian Lillard, Monty Morris, etc. All listed as day-to-day are out. I'm done. Where, where are the Kleenexes? Where are the tissues? <laughs> the entire year. And then, and then luck finally struck its evil head at you. You you got some rafters too on your team too, right? They're just resting like every other other. Every yeah, game. yeah. Pascal Siakam resting every other game. Fred Van Fleet deciding to get suspended. Hey man, I got I got rough riders on my team. Well, maybe the patch week. Rest in peace, um, DMX. The, yes, rest in peace. Excellent. Give it to you. That's our first uh, DMX reference of the day, but we we're gonna get back to him for sure. Um, we're also joined by the man who says. Papa's here when he wants to derive a point, <laughs> and that is Sir Bradley Kilgore. What's going on, Brad? Man, I'm on cloud nine. Have you looked at the standings lately? The oh, Wizards are the last. Row, yes, buddy. sir. Yes, three sir. In a row. I can't complain. Like I said, I said they were going to make the playoffs, and now this is their this is their rocket ship to what fifth seed? I think they can get there. No. So wait, ten out of the fifteen teams in each conference make the playoffs, right? That's right. That's yeah. a bold take, Brad. That's a bold take right there, saying they're going to well, make it. Everybody was saying they were going to miss, so apparently it is a bold take. Hey, with, with three wins in a row, that puts the record at 22-33. and 33. Mm-hmm. But you got, you, you got MVP Westbrook, though, with a, a cold 36-15-9 last night. So that, the Wizards are dangerous. You, people yes, don't want to play these guys. Nobody wants to play them. No. Who knows? Maybe you're right. Maybe they do get, make it to the um, to the finals this year. <laughs> also, my teammate of Coach's Corner on our Trip Play Fantasy YouTube channel, the veteran and number one member of the Ben Simmons fan club, <laughs> Kevin Coleman. What's up, my guy? Hey, man. I'm just enjoying life. My king's on a nine-game losing streak, baby. So I'm just loving uh, everything about basketball right now. That is not good, by the way. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, you know, just watching Ben Simmons ball out. That's all I need to know. There you go. Even though he he's he's only going to give you fifteen a game, he um he definitely dominates the court. 
on both sides. In today's show, we banter on subjects such as current NBA injuries, implications for teams like the Nuggets with Jamal Murray, an abrupt retirement from L.A., or should I say Brooklyn? Why doesn't Anthony Edwards know anything about A-Rod? Why is Luca and Mark Cuban complaining like nine-year-olds at church? We're also going to talk, as always, our performance of the week, fantasy free agents, waiver wire pickups. It's fantasy playoffs for most of us. If you're out, it's your own fault. No Carl Anthony Town excuses. Our newest segment of Who You Got is going to feature two young, under-25 stars and John Morant versus the Aaron Fox. And to close things out, as always, we have our question of the week, and that is, who's the most deserving of the Hall of Fame nod with the 2021 Hall of Fame finalists being named? But first, a little news and notes around the league. First up, it looked like Donovan Mitchell suffered a serious injury scare, but no structural damage after an MRI. He'll miss several games, but Jamal Murray was not as lucky. He tore his ACL. What does this mean for the Nuggets? What does this mean for Jamal Murray? Right, we're going to start with you. Yeah, I'm actually – I'm not too worried about the Nuggets. I think um, of any team that's built to, like, withstand, you know, 20 shots a game coming out of their – out of their roster, it's probably Denver because who's going to step right up? Will Barton. Like, that's all he does. He he gets in the game and he hoists it and he's pretty efficient. He's a good shooter. He can – I'm not saying he can give you 100% of what, you know, Jamal Murray was, but he can give you, I don't know, 80% of it. And then Joker can make up the rest. MPJ can make up the rest. They got Dozier in the mix. I'm not too worried about you, uh, uh, Denver. I think I think they can still make noise. You said Will Barton's going to give you 80%. Of Jamal Murray, sure. Why not? You don't like what? What's Jamal Murray averaging? Yeah, he had two uh, fifty-point games last year in the playoffs, and that's that's a single game. I'm saying like what? what, Right, but I'm saying like overall, like what's his average on the season? Well, like eighteen. Will Will Barton didn't play because he was hurt. But that's uh, like Will Will Barton can give you sixteen. Will Barton can give you fifteen. Yeah, but he a game. He can't run the he can't run the show and the best pick and roll in basketball with him and Jokic, which is unstoppable and gets Rudy Gobert off the court. They I, don't have that threat in the playoffs. I don't really consider Jamal Murray a true point guard. I consider him a scoring point guard, like Kyrie. You know? Are there any like true I, point guards in the NBA today, though? Of course, Chris Paul. Chris Paul uh, yeah, exactly, and he, and he yeah. got drafted. In two, and he was drafted in 2005. Talking about players drafted recently. Is there a true point guard? De'Aaron Fox. I do not think There's De'Aaron Fox is a true point guard. I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, what, what is he? I will debate it in uh, De'Aaron Fox versus Sean Morant. We'll get to it then. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Kev, Kev what you say on the Nuggets? Are they, uh, are they hey, swimming? I mean, I never thought they really had a shot in the playoffs anyway. I think they'll be fine. They'll probably get bounced in the second round like I figured they would. Um, I like Murray, but I think, you know, I, he's averaged 21, just so we knew that. But yeah. if if Barton can get in there and average 15, I think it's okay. But, I again, I don't think that they're going to have any chance to beat the Lakers or if the Lakers are healthy. Yeah, uh, and I, I just think it was – it's terrible time because you got Aaron Gordon you just uh, traded for, and he, he seems like he's playing very well. He's he's up for an extension as well as Michael Porter Jr. And kind of like you wanted to see that core play together to see, like, who are we going to pay? 
Um, I think that is a big deal. And I think they, I mean, they had an outside, outside shot. I didn't think anybody of, a, of us were going to pick them, but they were a little dangerous. That's, that's another thing about Aaron Gordon. Like he was really trying to get in where he fit in. He wasn't taking too many shots. He was just kind of taking what was open. Now that Murray's out, he's going to be able to do more of what he did in Orlando, but at a more efficient clip because they'll get better shots. So I, I really I don't think Denver's going to miss too much of a beat. I think they'll be okay. I think Denver has to roll with the taller lineup to offset Murray's. Like Bobo at one, hey, Bobo at the one, <laughs> but like figure figure Jokic at the five, maybe Aaron Gordon at the four, uh, Michael Porter Jr. at the three, Will Barton at the two, maybe Monty Morris as your as the ball handler. But I, I like think Monty you got, Morris a lot. Yeah, I, I think I think you have to go tall if you're Denver now to kind of offset that Murray loss. Yeah, and Monte Morris is one. We're talking about efficiency. He's one of the most efficient point guards, yeah. one of the best backup point guards. But he's not ideal for like you know you want him as your starter. But uh, don't yeah, sleep on Campuzo. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that guy is uh, feisty. <laughs> he's in Talk your about face. Two point guards, man. That's a point guard right there. He's annoying as hell. Like if he's your teammate, you like him. If he's if you're playing against him, you want to instantly fight him. It's like Pat Bev. Yeah, exactly. yeah, except half the uh, the athlete and half the threat defensively. But yeah, Monte Morris, I know he's one of the leaders in it, like assist turnover ratio. I know it's dating back to his uh, his college days. Um, I, I do want to point out, I think that Jamal Murray will bounce back from this. Uh, he is known for how hard he works. Uh, there's an article that Jackie McMullen wrote like a couple years ago about his father, Roger Murray, and how he trained him all growing up and out there and in in the cold Ontario weather, he would have to do um, deep squats and have hot tea sitting on his lap. So if he moved at all, he's getting burnt. And if it falls on him, he's got to run hills. So like he he's a guy that um, has been trained his entire life and it, his work ethic is like second to none. So I can see him bouncing back and being very strong next Does year. He train- Not- abuse. Does he train with knives bit, though? Bit. Does he train with knives? <laughs> Is there is there if some am I missing something? Is there a guy that's Aaron, Donald, with Aaron Donald trains with knives, different sport, but oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> What's going on? Is that a parent thing or is that like is that his nah it's <laughs> it's what he done it's what he's done recently. So like if, if he takes like the wrong step coming off the line, he's gonna get stabbed. His dad throwing knives at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you see that video of that kid Pete getting Marinovich. bricks thrown at him? I saw that video of the kid getting bricks thrown at him in the soccer goal. That's what I'm doing to my daughter. My daughter's going out. We're going to work. All right. She's getting a scholarship. Kevin, Kevin, if you call uh, me, Kevin, if you call me from jail, I'm hanging up. This is uh, hilarious for the people at home. We are, we are slightly joking and slightly serious over here. From coaching, from coaching with her on your lap during the game to, to throwing bricks at her in the goal. Hey, hey, listen, I am a teacher. I need to get her a scholarship somehow, or I can't pay for college. So we got to figure it out. <laughs> oh, man. And moving on um, to uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, sudden retirement, uh, seven-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA. Um, he announced his retirement due to a regular heartbeat and um, spending his, his time with his family. Uh, thoughts on him, his basketball legacy, and just kind of like the unfortunate circumstances. We're going to start with Kev. Yeah, you know, uh, I liked L.A. He was always really good. Uh, I wish he would have never left Portland. I thought that they had something there, and then him and Dame could have maybe finished that off, and then Kawhi left. But I think he's a very good player. I never thought he was like a transcendental star or anything like that. I thought he was just a very average kind of – 
uh, above average guy, uh, you know, and I always like watching him play. But I think the game kind of passed him by towards the middle of the end of his career uh, with what he was able to do. Um, and he, well, he did. He was an all-star, you know, I think seven times, but I think seven and eight years. So he, he really was rolling. And he was in the West. Like, that's really that's really, really hard to do, especially with all those 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 forwards that were there. He's got career averages of 19 and eight. We are talking a little Hall of Fame in a little bit. So, um, Doc, I want to hear your perspective. Is he Hall of Famer? And what, like, what is your takeaway kind of way from Lamarcus Aldridge? Mid-range God. I think he he kind of started that wave of big men that can shoot. Now, Aldridge was never a great three-point shooter, but he certainly wasn't your traditional, all right, I'm just going to get the ball in the paint and do that. He could do that, big, but he also had a nice fadeaway. Um, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I know when he retired, he had 19,000 and some change points, which is uh, currently 51 uh, in all-time scoring. But I think he's one of those players that you're like, yeah, he's really good. He was an all-star, but... I think to be a Hall of Famer, you need to be really topping those uh, those accolades, you know, for points, rebounds, etc. Or you need to have, you know, some hardware, some MVPs, yeah. some uh, championships. So I think he's going to be a good player that we saw growing up. Maybe a future guest on the pod. Now he's got some more free time, but he doesn't make it in my books. Yeah, and it's kind of unfortunate because he he had that the chance kind of this year to get that title, and that might have put him over the edge. He was going to be starting on that Nets team, and the games that he did play, he, he looked impressive. Um, he reminded me a little bit of it's, it's funny he went to the Spurs, but he's like he's like Tim Duncan with all without all of the intangibles, like without just the, like his IQ is lower, his defensive ability is not as good, but like given that ball in that mid range area that you're talking about, um, he excelled with some of the best. Now. The NBA Hall of Fame is weird on like some of the people that get in. Sometimes I'm like, does is he? Why is he in? Like Mitch Richmond got in. He's he had six time All Star, five All NBA. So uh, if you compare basketball. him with Aldridge, he's a he's a higher peg up a little bit. But it's kind of to each his own, and I don't I don't necessarily understand how all that voting works. Brad, what's your take on um, LA? Yeah, I, I think he's in the Hall of really good. I wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, like he's he's a guy that you know I think everybody in the league respected until you know the game changed a little bit where he then became I wouldn't call him a liability, but there's players that you would rather have ahead of him, and um, I think he like that mid range game was his his bread and butter, and once that became a, a pretty inefficient shot, then you know his use became less and less valuable because he's not a great defender. He was always one of those guys that was, you know, he was really tall, but he wasn't necessarily a big man. Like you had to beg him to play in the post kind of. So um, I yeah, I was a fan of his. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, unfortunately, he like you're talking about the defensive ability, like in tech for Texas, we, when, before he was the number two overall pick, he was a threat defensively. But like when he got to the NBA, it wasn't as it wasn't as strong. And and then like his game development, it makes you think about like his work ethic. Like if your mid range shot is this like yeah. top tier, how can you not like push it back a little bit and, and translate to the three point? Like, is that is that on him or no, I, it just, I don't even I don't look at it like that. I, I think I think the reason he was such a defensive standout in college was because he was a seven footer in college. Like he's kind of a man amongst boys. You get to the pros where that's, that's the default. Like everybody that's that position is going to be your size or an inch taller, an inch shorter, or, you know, stronger. And as, as far as, you know, pushing your game out, I think 
I think there's a lot. Like, there's a difference between shooting a, a 25-foot three-pointer and a 30-foot three-pointer, you know? Like, it, there's a there's a big a big gulf in pushing your game out five feet. And you can't just push it out five feet. You also change the way that your offense moves when you do that kind of thing. So I, I think he was, he was kind of in no man's land where, you know, he was super valuable for his early years and then the tail end of his career, the game kind of changed up on him and it's it's not really his fault. I mean, let's yeah. be let's let's be real. Any team would have taken him though had he wanted to play. Maybe not a starter anymore, but would have gotten valuable minutes off the bench. And, and sure. don't forget, he built a house for his shoes. You guys remember that? That shit. Yeah. Was crazy. You remember he built a house behind his house for his shoes. That's I mean, right. that's that's Hall of Fame right there. In my yeah, opinion. that's legendary. And I've always enjoyed listening to him talk. He just seemed like a really bright guy and you kind of always rooted for him and we saw him um start with portland with him and brandon roy he brings then it's him and dame so like i know in portland like you gotta i would love to see his number go in the raptors over there i think he's well deserved that at least you think yeah, his 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 number should go in the Raptors for Portland. He's one of the, that, the greatest Portland Trailblazers. Also, yeah, he besides, should, he's probably in the top five. Portland besides Dame, besides Dame, I ain't thinking of many that uh, are ahead of him. I no, it's not, it's not that I maybe, I, maybe Clyde Drexler, Bill Walton. He just didn't really do any. Like it's not like they got a championship or yeah. You know, but it, but is but is Portland but is Portland like a. a, a big franchise like that. Is How that many it? championships have they won? One, <laughs> think, right? But that's my thing. Like you don't. They, they've been to one Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Like we shouldn't put Brad Beal's number in the rafters just because he's, you know, one of the best players we've had. Like it's, it's he's having a good run, but he's he hasn't really done anything yet, you know. Yeah, but like when you're a poverty franchise, you try to hang anything. It nice. it was five times all NBA. And I don't think he, he was all NBA once for San Antonio, even though I think he went to he got to two all star games. I think that was all in Portland. Um there is something That's to true. be to be said about that. Um but yeah, I, I, Brad, I hear you though. Like we shouldn't give every, we shouldn't put everybody's number up there, um, just because they played eight good years, seasons yeah, for like a, a team. That's a huge, that's a huge honor. Like that's saying nobody should wear this number again. Like that's, that's, that's a. I don't know. I think that's a little more than, you know, a few All NBAs and, and nobody no wants to wear twelve anyways. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, outside John Stockton, like who? How many twelves do we got? Hey, in I wore twelve in high school. school. Don't oh be a dick, no, we found it. I never. Yeah, hey, Drew, Drew Nick. That shows your age too, man. Our wily veteran choosing twelve, probably right. after John Stockton. I like well, how we I act wanted... like Kevin's like ten years older than yeah. us. I'm not that old, guys. Like, I'm the I'm same age as Kevin, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the same age as me. Acting like I'm the old man in this group. I'm not Art. Let's go. <laughs> Shout out, little cheesecake. All right, um, so we'll move on. Uh, Mark Laurie and A-Rod purchased the Lynx and T-Wolves from Glenn Taylor, who, I don't, this is weird, he still has full control for the next two seasons before new ownership takes over. Minnesota has missed the playoffs 16 of the last 17 years. Thoughts on the move? Does this mean the Wolves have a chance to not suck sometime soon? Um, Doc? I mean, I feel like if you're the Wolves, like what, what else could have gone wrong? Like you missed the playoffs 16 out of the last 17 years. The one year you did make it, you were the eighth seed and got bounced pretty quickly. I mean, that's that's like what every fan dreams of is new ownership. So that hopefully people are willing to spend money. They're willing to uh, you know put their money where their mouth is. It's it's interesting that A Rod bought the uh, the Timberwolves, but you know what? I got it. Hopefully, hopefully things are going to be better for them. 
I got a little uh, a take on the whole like A Rod thing. So we all know that Seattle desperately wants their NBA franchise back there, um, and we know um, that A Rod has Seattle they ties. Put it, they put it in the they put it in the agreement that he can't move the franchise after two not years. After. It's it's not even it's not in there anymore, right? In Minnesota, like I don't know how much fans that they're getting. They they got to be in the lower end as far as revenue is concerned in the NBA, and they they could be a, a possible franchise that's gonna move out west that's my little my little a rod thought maybe maybe it works um with that kev yeah i mean they needed a they've needed a new kind of ownership group for i mean this is the guy that hired david khan do you remember david khan he's got to be one of the worst nba general managers out there um con artist yeah he was bad (laughs) um i'd put him up with uh, isaiah thomas as being one of the worst gms ever Uh, they they also gave randy whitman his first coaching job I think he has yeah. the lowest winning percentage in basketball history. Yeah, uh, not great. I mean, I, can you even remember any good coaches they've had the last 15 Flip Saunders. Years? Saunders. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so, you know. You, Tom Thibodeau. Flip oh, yeah, was yeah. bad in the, in the playoffs, though. But he was a regular all, season coach. Hey, all he's those... dead. You don't speak all the dead. Uh, okay. All right, Jeez. well, his son. Rest in peace. Too. Um, anyway, so when you're looking at kind of like the, what they did, they need a new ownership group. Now, is A-Rod any good? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, you know, his own players don't even know who the hell he is because he's so old. And J-Lo just got rid of him. So I think that when you're looking at it, they definitely need it. I would love to see a move. I just know that Minnesota is the 14th biggest market. And so I don't know if the NBA is going to allow that to happen because if we're being honest, the NBA is what's going to let them move or not. So I'd be right. interested to see what happens there. But they need kind of new ownership. I feel bad for Wolves fans. They're just like us, the Kings fans out here. So, you know. Anthony Edwards is a troll, by the way. He knows who Alex Rodriguez is. He plays yeah, baseball growing up. Are you kidding me? He's one of the greatest baseball players ever. And he's all over TV. And his wife is Jennifer Lopez. Like, forget about it. He knows he knows who this guy is. But I, it also shows, like, Anthony Edwards is just a clown and he's hilarious. I mean, look at this. Look at that face. He's just <laughs> he's a funny guy. I love hearing his interviews. Um, before we move on, uh, I know Perk was upset because apparently Glenn Taylor had promised to sell the team to Kevin Garnett. Um, yeah. And I think that it, Kevin Garnett is just is just a winner in life and on the court. So I thought that would have been a, a better move. Um, he's gave his heart and soul to to the T Wolves before um, you know eventually moving on to the he Celtics. Won't even, he won't even go back there. Like he, he was of Glenn Taylor. Taylor. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, honestly, like, I don't think snake. it matters. It doesn't matter who the owner is. Uh, it, this isn't like baseball where like the more there's you salary, spend, yeah. yeah, there's, there's, there's a salary cap. So it doesn't matter, you know, what, who the owner is, they can only spend a certain amount of money. Um, perhaps they can get better, you know, better people to manage the team. Um, I don't know how Glenn Taylor runs the the business. I don't know if he's hiring guys that like he has relationships with and not actually vetting talent. You know, you never know what that is, but it's not like a rod and, and the other guy are like, you know, basketball minds. So I, I don't have, I don't have any particular hope for that organization. I think their best bet is to continue to tank and continue to get good talent. I think the and Warriors I, have their pick too, though, because of the, yeah, exactly. Trade. Exactly. And so, and they're probably they're probably gonna ship away, you know, cat soon. I like I, I just don't. Yeah, I, I don't see him asking out, in a, in a, and maybe in a couple of years, maybe a Rod can smooth talk him with um to stay. But I I, I can see he, he's the next like superstar that's gonna that's gonna demand a trade soon. 
At least that's what I think. I don't. I don't think he, he's gonna like playing gonna with Anthony Edwards. I don't think he's gonna have to demand it. I think they're just gonna ship him. Like the, he doesn't. He's he provides a lot of value for a different team. You could recoup a lot of assets, but at the same time, he's. It's not like he's helping the Timberwolves win. You know. So I think they they wouldn't mind starting fresh with. I Anthony think he's Edwards, got at Russell. least two at least two years though. I don't see if especially with um Glenn Taylor still running things for the next two years. I he holds on to his guys and I, I don't see him moving, but maybe think, we'll see some movement after that. What's the agreement? Is it like, you know, I think A Rod has like a minority ownership yeah. now and then it eventually it becomes a full one hundred percent over time. Is that how it works? I didn't um, look it up. I don't. I don't know the details on it. I think it's weird that the uh, you purchase the team and yet the the previous owner still owns the team for two years. That's weird. Is yeah. That, it's, 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 it's like a, a tentative. In, it's like a tentative engagement. Like, oh hey, I'm going to propose to you now, but we're going to wait three years to get married. Lock yeah, I think it's. I think it's. A, <laughs> it's I think a it's a ring. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a minority stake where you know he can get some cash in his pocket now during the pandemic and still like keep his connections as owner. And then kind of phase that out because you get a lot of perks. You know, people answer your phone call when you're the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And that goes away once you you sell. All right. Let's talk a little fantasy. We are a fantasy pod. Fantasy ads for this week coming up. Week 17. Um, it's playoff, gentlemen. It's it's playoffs for most of the, the, the fantasy basketball leagues around the world. Um, who are the players that might decide a win or loss in the first round? We take a look at the top available players. Who are you squinting at to get on your team to put them over the edge in your matchups, Brad? I got two. So my first one we already spoke about. It's Will Barton. I think he's the the clear, easy pick. You know, when a guy goes down that's of Jamal Murray's caliber, that's a lot of minutes to fill. And Will Barton, he's a bona fide NBA player. He's not somebody you don't know what they're capable of. He's gonna hoist shots, he's gonna make shots, he's gonna make threes, he's gonna get some boards. He's gonna he's gonna be a very efficient player for you got for you to have on your team. Yeah, I know and he picked up uh, Monty Morris. Um, yep, that's a good pick too. Yeah, and I then mean, my he's, second he's one, already hurt. Oh, of course. My <laughs> second one. This guy's kind of come on. Um, it's good to see him get comfortable. Denny Avija. Um, he, he had zero last night. By the way, he did. He did have zero last <laughs> night. I'm aware of that. I didn't need you to put me on blast. Sorry, like he had a donut. He had a bagel last night. He played 20 minutes, didn't score a point. But, but my point is that he's coming on. He's he's becoming uh, a dependent part of that offense. Um, it's typically Russ and Beal with all the usage rate. And then uh, Rui gets the, the scraps and then Bertans. Yep. But um, it's looking like now they're going to Denny Moore. He's getting more boards. He's getting more assists. I think he's going to start getting dependent on more, especially when, you know, we have Beal sitting out a few day, a few games because of his hips. So um, he he's, a, he's well. a sneaky one. He rebounds well. Um, he, does. he won't He won't play you out of a game, uh, and he looks more comfortable these days. Um, he's starting so, to hit those open shots, which he wasn't. Yeah, he's a, he's, a little, threes. he's a little bit more confident these days. Um, yeah. Doc, who you got? I mean, I know you, you, you you're probably gonna have to use all three of your um pickups this week because all yeah, they, they, uh, they, they, thank God I was good at the beginning of the season, got a buy. I don't know why you started with Brad. Brad hadn't checked his team since week one. Uh, for, <laughs> put, if, 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 if we're continuing with yeah, the theme, right. 
If, if we're continuing with the theme of putting Brad on blast, he hasn't checked his team since week one. I don't know why he went to him first. <laughs> uh, he got he got James Harden and stopped keeping up. I mean, just when his I'm team not, yeah. really had a chance. But for me, it's Jalen McDaniel. So over the last six games, he's averaging 32 and a half minutes. That's a good and pick. He's, and he's putting That's up. Jalen, not Jaden, huh? Yeah, they're brothers. But go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, both of them are <laughs> solid right now. So, so he's averaging 14.3 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, two assists, and two steals. Gordon Hayward's out, going to be out for an extended period of time. Malik Monk, Devontae Graham, and Terry Rozier have all missed games here and there with some nagging injuries. And Charlotte's still kind of in the contention for playoffs. I think they're three and a half games behind the Hawks for the division. So not like they're out of it. Uh, they're certainly well within striking distance of a, of a playoff spot for sure. So uh, that's somebody that I think is going to get a lot of minutes. And that's kind of what you're looking for at this stretch in the uh, or this time for bat- fantasy basketball. That's what we want. We, the Wizards, we want, we're coming for you, Charlotte. We want you. We want to play you in the, fir- in the first in the uh, playing game. Bring it on. Um, Vernon Carey had twenty. The Nets. Vernon Carey had twenty-one and six uh, for for Charlotte last night, and that was his first. Like that's his biggest game of his career so far. So it's somebody to keep an eye on as well. But uh, I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know he was getting minutes. Now I've been waiting for him to get some minutes, man. Yeah, it only took you know the, the whole team and and PJ Washington with the, an ankle sprain and Zeller didn't play for him to get love, a chance. I got love for Bismack Biombo, but it's like, come on, man! Like, what you guys? Draft Vernon Carrier for this for this exact reason. Like you're trying to build a future team. Like get that get that guy some minutes. I don't. Bismack was he gets like eight million. I don't know how what his contract is, but he gets paid way too goddamn he much. Got, uh, <laughs> he got um <laughs> he got on that like uh that that Kent Bazemore. Like he was on yeah, yeah, that, that last year. wave of like the <laughs> the bad contracts are good contracts because you can trade them. Like he was on that last, John that last wave. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man. That was pain. Four years, sixty-four million. I'll never forget I'm, that number. I'm hurt and just think about that. Kev, who you got? Well, I think it's funny because Cody Zeller started to get into him and that widow peak is starting to get into that. He's still <laughs> he's still in the league category. Like you watch him, you're like, wait, is that Zeller? Which Cody? What Zeller is that out there? Um, yeah, he's I was still too. Tyler, Cody, they both suck. All right, so let's kind of go here. I I would say I about as bad as the Plumleys. Easy, oh, coach. Nah, hey, Mason. Mason's, Mason's doing all right. Mason's all right. Okay. Oh, um, Marshall was terrible. All right. Yes. So, um, Mason I, sucks. Isaiah Stewart would be one for me. Uh, he's getting some minutes. Um, he's only rostered forty eight percent of leagues. Um, in, in sleeper, if you're in sleeper, you know he he had, he had final fifty points last game uh, in sleeper format. So if you're in that league, you can look for him. He's gonna get some more minutes. He he played the career high. Uh, recently against the Thunder. So I like Isaiah Stewart. You see him, you know, he's, he's been pretty, pretty solid. They're going to give him more playing time because they're absolutely terrible. So you're going to see him play down the stretch. So I like him and I'm going to give a shout out to my boy, Grayson Allen. Uh, as a Duke guy, I always got to give him a shout out. He actually hasn't been terrible. He actually just got picked up in one of our leagues uh, that I play in. So yeah, I mean, he's there. I think they're going to be able to fill him in there. He led him offensively on Wednesday at 33 points fantasy wise. Yeah, so- he had 14 in the first quarter. What kind of, BS is that? He's Can man. I, he's, he's carved out a nice career for himself. Like he's. Yeah. I thought he was going to wash out of the league. Like he's. I thought if he's he a tripped, legitimate player. I thought if he tripped one more person, that was going to be it for him. Hey, hey, they fell over his foot. Um, what I would say is, you know, he <laughs> had six, he had He's dirty. Yeah, well, that's why he's doing. Actually, that was Doc's most hated player. I, we that was did mine. this earlier this year. 
Oh, it was yours? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You either love him or hate him. I mean, there's not a lot of people yeah. out there that love him. Um, but yeah, I think that he's a sneaky pickup, uh, especially on that, in that on the Memphis team. He's he, he can hit threes, and it depends on how your league your league does it. So those two guys are someone I'd be looking at. Yeah, your boy, your boy um, Isaiah Stewart. He had 15 points and 21 rebounds, um, and he was kind of bullying a Moses Brown for Oklahoma City yesterday. So um, that is uh, somebody that you want to keep your eye out. And for me. <laughs> And it's funny because the playoffs are there. This is the champ of the waiver wire. The legend of Lou Dort returns. Oh, nah. Man, Can't do it He anymore. needs to get picked up ASAP. Can't he returned after his injury three weeks off. He goes crazy in his first game back. He had 42, 7-3, four steals, and he hit seven three-pointers. And then uh, yesterday he had 26, 6-2, three steals, three three-pointers made. Um, the development of this kid is amazing. Remember when he was being left – but booty naked for three, oh, yeah. like he's oh, yeah. freaking uh, Ben Simmons or something. Now this kid <laughs> hits seven threes in a game. That's, um, why I got that's paid. a testament to hard work. I thought that would get a rise out of Kev. I, I, I put that in there for you, buddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with this slander. Come okay. On. Jeez. Man, <laughs> I wonder, did, did Twitter come for you? You no. took him over Luka. No? They, they can kiss my ass. Okay? Yeah, I, would take let him over I, don't, I don't worry about Twitter people. Yeah. They don't bother me, except for it's, if you get kludged. Ah, there we go. I was waiting for that. I think, <laughs> I think that um, that it was, the first time I seen Ben Simmons kind of having some difficulties in a long, long time defensively was when he was trying to guard Kyrie. But it's like it's oh, it's Kyrie yeah. Irving, but he was still yeah. holding his own. Um, which uh, man, we're looking forward to that uh, in the playoffs. Please give us a uh, 76ers versus Nets Eastern Conference Finals. We're all looking forward to that. All right, wherever you find your podcast, go follow the Triple Play Fantasy Franchise. We got all things hoops, gridiron, and diamond covered. If you're not keeping up, you might get past like Wilt Chamberlain did as the Warriors' all-time leading scorer. Yeah, even even though he has career averages of 41 and 22 rebounds a game for the dubs. Triple Play is giving you the heat like D-Wade, even if he's going to Utah to become a partial owner. Let's face it, no one picks – the Jazz on NBA 2K, but apparently you can purchase some stake in the organization with no issues. If you're enjoying the content, how about dishing out an assist like Scott Skiles, who may or may not have dropped 30 in Orlando in one game, depending on who you ask, by giving us a five-star rating and review. Check us out on Twitter and IG at Trip Play Fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions. Our weekly episode drops as well as spot interviews. Austin Eckler. Had all the eyes last week, pulling our most viewed and played interview to date. Just want to say thanks from the entire Triple Play Fantasy family for your listens each and every week. Now it's time for a little NBA catch-up, starting with our impressive performance of the week. Who is setting the league on fire and needs some recognition? Doc Mendelson. So for me, it's got to be Steph Curry. Oh, let's go. He scored, he scored 30 in over nine straight games. He admitted it's one of the hottest stretches of, of his career. He's coming for Clay's record of 13 threes in a game. He wants to break that. But as a betting guy, I respect this. He's hit the over of his total points prop eight out of his last nine games. And he's hit oh. the over on his three-point props seven out of his last nine games. If you're a betting guy and you've been riding the Steph Curry wave, you're probably pretty happy. 
I love that deep dive, man. And I don't know what it is about me being a host now that we like now we're like agreeing on on shit. It's it's very weird. No, very it, was me, it, was, it was me and Brad that disagreed a lot, and it's still that way, and that's fine. <laughs> Brad disagrees with everybody. That's that's who he is. He lives life like that. But yeah, I got I got Steph Curry too. I'm just gonna add some some more stats here. Uh, they're winners of five of six. They're climbing into that playoff race. They do not want to miss the play-in tournament. He had 53 on Denver with 10 threes and then 42 the next time out in 29 minutes of play with 11 three-point bombs. He's on fire. This guy is shooting 49, 42, and 93 as his shooting splits. Um, we're just all Crazy. blessed to witness uh, such greatness uh, from the baby-faced assassin. Uh, I think he's going to take over the scoring lead, too. He's at 30.7. Brad Beal is at 31, and he's coming for that number one spot. That's an interesting take. I like that. He might. And Kev, I, and on my bold prediction, I said he's going to break the three-point record. I'm still waiting for him to drop 70, so I'm I'm banking on it. He's hot. He's sizzling. He's playing his best uh, scoring basketball of his of his career. Um, Kevin, who you got? Impressive yeah, performance it. of the week. It's interesting that Steph's doing all that and they're still nice. Anyway, um, what I would say is my guy is the guy that I want to do is because I want to give a little bit of shout out to different guys. So DeAndre Ayton, uh, I think we oh. kind of forgot about him. Um, and he, he, the Suns are playing great. I mean, the 40 and 15, they won their last four. Uh, didn't have the toughest schedule, but he put up 26 and 11 against the Kings. He put up 19 and 13 against Miami. He's shooting 90%, 80%, 69% in those three games. Um, he's really solid right now. His PER is 34th in the league, so pretty high, 15 and 10. I, I think people forget about Aiton. Uh, they look at Booker and CP3, but I think CP3 has done a great, is doing great for his career. So I, I got to give him a shout out. I think he's playing pretty well right now. That's that's a good call because um, he's he struggled out the gate. Um, he he wasn't he was averaging like 10, 10 and ten basically and um, yeah. it, we we were wondering because we all expected uptick now that Chris Paul was there so um, I like that shout out and then the Suns are well I think they're yeah you're, they're forty and fifteen yeah who would have guessed that all right Brad I think I did actually I might have I might have been the only one to have that there you the top go four. there you go <laughs> all right um so my guy I think it's gonna be Joel Embiid man he. We're looking at 36 and 14, 39 and 13, 36 and 7. Like the dude, he's playing at a level that I've never seen him play at. Um, whether or not he can keep it up in the playoffs, I don't know. That remains to be seen. But um, he's he's hunting for that MVP now. And I think he might see the door open with uh, with Murray coming out. And and the Nuggets might drop a little bit in the, the playoff standing. So, you know, I... I'm really impressed with how I've seen him. I, I did. I never thought he'd be this when he got drafted, and he's this. So, um, I'm rooting for him, and and it's he's a beauty to watch right now. Speaking of drafted, he was one behind Jabari Parker, and Jabari Parker just signed Oof. with the Celtics. They made some room. They cut Mo Wagner. Does uh, I know this is kind of like a bonus a bonus question. Does Jabari Parker help the Celtics at all, Brad? Same as my Trevor Reza take, like I have no idea what he looks like right now. Like what what is his game right now? You know, it, it's interesting. We've like come such a way with injury management, like after guys like tear their ACL, they're back like in under a year and they're looking better than ever. But with basketball, we've seen guys like Isaiah Thomas, DeMarcus Cousins, Jabari Parker. Like once you get hurt and you were like on the cusp of making some big contract, you just get disposed of. Like it's kind of oh, yeah. crazy how it's been happening lately. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
What do the rest of you guys take on on the Celtics signing Jabari Parker to back up? I, I, uh, Jason I don't think Tatum? so. I mean, he he plays the same position as them. They have, that's probably their biggest log jam is at forward. So I think it's more of a depth signing. Yeah, the man doesn't play a lick of defense, and that's not winning basketball when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, we all thought that you know maybe Jabari Parker and Giannis Antetokounmpo was going to be you know rising stars. He did average twenty per game before yeah. you know getting that he contract. He was going to get paid. Um, and it's unfortunate because he was one of the most talented players that I've seen in high school. I really thought he was going to be a bona fide star even after that first year at Duke. So, um, so we will move on. Uh, talking a little uh, complaining uh, done by Luka Doncic, which is no stranger to him him whining. And mm. Mark Cuban yeah. backing him up. He does do that. He does do that. I guess you you should have mentioned that when we were arguing because he does he complains so <laughs> goddamn much. It's annoying. Um, but so to his, to his defense, though, he is a superstar. He probably wants those superstar calls and he doesn't get them. Yeah, no, yeah, he does. I mean, he, he does look up to LeBron James, and LeBron James has a tendency to complain and whine to the referees a little bit. No, so. did I just say that? <laughs> All right, so they they call the uh, the playing tournament stupid. Uh, what's your guys' take on that, Kevin? <laughs> Well, I mean, I like the playing tournament because no one really cares about these last teams anyway, and no one really cares about the first round. At least it gives the other people to kind of like things, especially us, us Kings fans. If they're at like 10, maybe they could make it. And so you kind of get just a little bit more, I don't know, you get more excited about it. I, I don't understand why they think it's stupid. You know what? If you don't want to be in it, win more games um, and, and do better. So I, I like it because I think it brings interest to things that weren't interested before. Um, I love the play-in tournament. I think they should have a play-in tournament for the first pick. So I think that you should have, like, the teams that don't make it, they should play and try to win for that first pick. I love that. That's hilarious. That's actually um, a really great idea. Yeah, I've always thought that because then it incentivizes these teams, and that's like the lottery. Now you yeah. got to play and try to do it. It really it doesn't allow you to tank because you're not just going to, you know, have the best odds to, mm-hmm. to get that first pick if you're not the best team. Yeah, the co- the coaches should just play one versus one and um decide who gets to want it. <laughs> All right, Doc, what's your take on um the complaining nature of the Mavericks? So I actually agree with them. And I think look, you know, this this past I want to say year, 13 months has been crazy with them canceling the NBA season, postponing it, you know, having it play into the fall and then starting around Christmas time. So you know, if your goal is to condense this season so that you can be done by the summer for the Olympics, then cut it to 72, 72 games. Have every game mean a little bit more, especially since a lot of these teams are playing back-to-backs. But these teams that are the 7 through 10, they don't have much of a chance, like Kevin said. So it's like you're putting more games in when we've already seen probably the most injuries in a shortened season that we've ever seen. And then these teams are already on short rest playing on the road against teams that they're probably going to lose to. So just make it the normal thing and say, hey, this is a shortened season this year. I don't really like that play-in tournament. Really? I I love it. I um, Actually, for one of the reasons that you said you didn't like it is the reason I love it. You know, teams where, you know, we have this shortened season and injuries can really change the whole outlook of your season. So a team like the Wizards where, you know, you have a guy that's – he's your star and he's out for two weeks – and now you get him back and he's good, you still have a chance to go deep in the playoffs because now your team is healthy and you guys can make a run. So I love that March Madness element of it, and I love that it's you know, it's giving teams that 
maybe they haven't had a chance to gel all year or you know they're they're just clicking at the right time and they're just good enough to make that seven through ten it gives you a chance to do something special and on top of that Mark Cuban was on the committee that created this playing game. So how are you going to create it and then complain about it? So oh, I, you know, it's, he's it's, just defending Luca. You know it, what he's doing. Well, it's I mean, it's, 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 it's totally hypocritical on his part. But here's the thing: eight out of fifteen teams, like prior to this playing tournament, they make that tournament. So more or make the playoffs. So more than half of the teams in each conference are already making it. It's not like the MLB where you you know back in the day when they had four teams that made it. You had three from each division and you had one wild card. And then it's like, okay, yeah, less than 25% of the teams are going to make it. But over 50% are like like a bunch of teams in the East are going to be under 500 and make it. To me, that doesn't mean that you should have a chance to be in the playoff game if you can't even win 50% of your games the entire season. Like that matters. It's relative. Like we... If you if you're the top ten, I think you should have a shot to to have postseason. And if you're good enough, you'll keep so, playing. So right now it. the ten so it. so right now the ten seed the Raptors are twenty three and thirty. Wizards are tied. They're okay. They're tied with and them with the Bulls twenty two and thirty three. They're all eleven games under five hundred. You think that they should have a chance to contend when they have a. Uh, I want yes. to see what winning per- when they have a 400 winning percentage. Yes. When they're winning, all three, all three of those teams are completely different than they were at the beginning of the year. The Bulls have Vucevic now. Brad and Russ are playing well together, and the Raptors have Boucher who's playing well. Flynn's playing well. Lowry's still in the mix. Fvv's still. But, that, in the mix. but that's like what I'm saying. Like, like you're gonna say you're gonna say from a relatively good stretch they've had that they were that they're deserving of making the postseason when the majority of the season they haven't. And there's a bunch of teams that have dealt with injuries. Like the Jazz have injuries now. The Lakers have had their own share of injuries. The Nuggets have. Like there hasn't been one team that's kind of avoided the injury bug this year. Well, let's face it. We want the but best teams in, right? They're better than the, best, the, the Hornets matter, like, right now because the Hornets have a bunch of injuries. And the we best just saw, teams are going to win. Like look look at the fifth seed made it to the finals last year. Like it does as long as you're in the dance – if you have a good enough team, you can make a run. Like I, I just think it, I, I want to see the lat. Like the Miami Heat are a well coached and probably one of the best run organizations in the NBA. So I don't think anyone's surprised that they were a fifth seed. But I want to see a team that I want to see like a Hawks that's a fourth or fifth seed make it. You don't see that a lot. I think you're just putting unnecessary games in, and you're rewarding teams that aren't deserving of being in there. Like. I, like if play, they weren't if, deserving, if, they wouldn't be there, man. They, if, they if won. They, if they were a 500 team, they yeah. would be eighth in the East right now, and that's fine. You deserve to make it if you're 500. That's if like, you're un- my bad. My bad, Eric. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, if you're under 500, if you can't even win 50% of your games, and it's like, well, there's promise. They had a good stretch where they won four in a row when both stars were playing. It's like, are, is, is a, it's a small stretch more indicative than the overall season they've had? It doesn't matter. So to me... It's like the NCAA tournament. It's not the best look team. Look at that UCLA. Wins always. It's the UCLA highest. was a playing UCLA. team. They made it to the That's final right. four. Exactly. Look at look at Washington. Look at Washington football team. They were under five hundred. They made the playoffs. They gave the Bucks, who won the Super Bowl, the their hardest scare. game all playoffs. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're there, you're there. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not comparing college and pro basketball because there are so many differences that we could have our own show, our own two hour show about that. So we'll I really. I, I did want to uh, mention I do really like the playing tournament. I but I would change things up. I don't like how it's set up in the point where if you know 
is seven versus 10 goals. And if, if 10 wins, seven plays eight, like that's whack. Like just you're out. If you, if you lose to the 10 seed, like, let's just, let's just face it. You're not good enough. And then if the 10 seed beat the seven, I would, and, and the winner of the eight and nine just moves up to seven. And now you're the eight seed. That's how I would do it. I don't like if you lose in the play in tournament, you still, you're still in the playoffs. That yeah, part, so. I don't like. I mean, you got I'm, three games, and in three games sa- sample, like you, you got to just you got to win two of them, and I'm everybody's fine. gonna be watching. I'm fine with tweaking it, coach. Like I, I agree that it, I, I just think it brings another element to the playoffs where it gets a bunch of a bunch of fans that you know they might have been tuned out already at this point in the season. They're still they're still they're still in it. They're still excited, and you know, a, a team like me, like the wizard. I'm a Wizards fan, so I have. A legitimate rooting interest in seeing the Wizards play, yeah. even though that they're under they're eleven games under five hundred right now. Because to be honest, the way they're playing right now, this is a team that just beat Utah. Like this is a team that's beating very good teams, and there's yeah. a good chance that you know if you catch them on the right week, you catch them when they're gelling, they could win a a, a playing game and they could win a seven game series. So you you never know what could happen. And injuries and luck happen. I mean, we yeah. had the biggest COVID scared. Brad missed some time. Russell was hurt yep. coming into the beginning of the year, wasn't playing back to back. So I don't know. This is a better team than the, the Hornets are right now. So completely I different think, team. Yeah. All right. So we're going to, we're going to talk about the NBA players to the NBA fantasy playoffs. It's here. Um, and we're going to talk a little strategy. Like what are some strategies, some hacks that you use, and yes, uh, I'm stealing everybody's secrets here, and I'm going to be sharing some of mine as well. Even though you know we are friendly competitors in this, um, we're going to start with the with the one seed. Go ahead, Doc. What's some hacks that you all got? Right, so, so first of all, I think that you have to be active very every day, and I think that's something for you know fantasy football people. You're used to checking your team once or twice a week, maybe waivers, and then maybe yeah. Sunday morning. But with basketball, you have to check because people could be last minute outs. Um, so that, that's my first thing. I think also you want to look at who's playing a lot of minutes because that's going to give you a better chance to have someone that's going to, you know, maybe a Lou Dort that puts up 42. Because or shoot, and shooting a lot of shots too. Yeah, shooting a lot of shots. It's more opportunities for that. And I think the last thing is you can't get attached to the name brand that you had. Like, if, Absolutely. I mean, not, not necessarily like Jamal Murray, but let's say LeBron. Like, let's say they come out and they're like, hey, LeBron is still week to week and maybe you don't have IR spots. I think you can't be afraid to cut bait with people at this point. Yeah. Because I think you need people that are active and playing. And like, yeah, it, it's weird cutting LeBron James. Maybe he comes back for the finals, you know, in three weeks. But it's like you have to realize that our, the fantasy playoffs are around the, the end of the NBA regular season. So the Lakers might just hold them out because they've already clinched a playoff spot. So that doesn't do any good for your fantasy roster. So I th- I don't think you can have that emotional attachment to players anymore. I think you need to – Judge it based on performance and health at this point. Yeah, and I and I took a uh, somebody cut Lowry, and I'm like, oh, nice. This is gonna be beautiful for me <laughs> in the playoffs. And and he's not playing back to back. They're sitting, they're resting. The Raptors are resting people when they have a shot to make it into the playoff t- playing tournament. It's really like the, a name like Lowry, a seven time All Star. Like you, it's hard to cut bait with that guy. But it is the playoffs, and and you gotta you gotta. It, it's kind of that win now mentality, Kevin. Yeah, you know, uh, being this my first year in fantasy basketball and I made the playoffs barely, um, I would say I just, you know, draft good players at the beginning of the year, guys. I don't know what to tell you there. Um, and also, there we go, fantasy secrets, draft also, well. You know, check your team after week one. Like, don't be Brad, right? Like, you guys got to just keep being active oh, and, and getting guys. I would just, 
you know, for me, I'm just looking at like setups, like games. Hey, where can I get the most volume? Um, I'm anybody that plays the Wizards, uh, anybody that's playing a bad team, I try to put them in there. Any bad defensive team, I'm going to try to get in there and just the get Kings. Yeah, the Kings too. I shit. I, I, I whatever. I'm trying to win money, so that's all I care about. So um, that's where I'm at. Um, I think that you gotta you gotta utilize your pickups if you got them. Uh, you got to take a deep dive on Sunday. Really look at the future week. Who's gonna play four or five games? Because even if uh, you know said player is playing three and is a big name, he's better. Five games still totals out more. You also got to take a look at your players playing on certain dates because if you got a guy playing five games, but you you've used all of your, you know, your roster spots and they're inactive, they're on your bench. Um, you want to kind of, you kind of want to mix and match. So that way you can utilize the most amount of games per week. Sometimes my matchups, it comes down to, Hey, this guy has 80 games per this week and I got 67 and you're going to lose that no matter how much your team is balling out of control. So I think, a deep dive on, on Sunday, looking for the future week, um, using those pickups Monday morning before other people can grab them, but it, also kind of saving your 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 pickups for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you, especially if you're in a categories league, if you're in that blocks area, you might even you might go and pick up Noel if he's playing two games, even though he he pretty much sucks. But you you if if it wins you the week, then you can drop him on Monday. Those are a couple strategies that I look at, Brad. Yeah, I'm, I'm Why are we asking Brad? Brad doesn't check his team. Brad doesn't know strategy. <laughs> Nobody wants my advice. I'm last. <laughs> there was a reason for that one. Uh, yeah. Well, and then in, I guess my last last thing before we move on is like the injured guys that are on your IL that come back. Like I got Lonzo and Lowry that just came back, but they're sitting on IL. Yeah. If I if if I bring them back, I got to cut somebody, and I can't make any pickups. I'm kind of in a bind, but. uh uh, if 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 Lonzo and he's on limited minutes, he starts playing playing big minutes. He's going to produce well, but yeah, you you got to cut ties. And it's uh sometimes that decision could win or lose you a championship. I I've been in first place in a, in a basketball league all year long, like like with Eric with a huge lead, and I played like the four seed in the final, and I went rogue. I like I like drop some of my guys that I had all season just because I I saw other players that. I, t- I took the strategy of they're playing more games and they they wet the bed and and I lost a thousand dollars. But that's a I guess that's a story for another day. It still hurts me to the day. It was winner take all. Everybody put in a hundred, and I uh, God, not, That's why I, actually I took a four year hiatus after uh, that year. So this is my first year back into fantasy. After that, I'm still a little little sour. Um, you know who you are um, that beat me in the finals. You know my team is better than you. Damn it. All right, <laughs> our newest uh, segment. This is a, a, a who you got. So this is going to um, lead into our debate, something that we love to do here at Triple Play Fantasy Basketball. Two guys we're talking about is Ja Morant and De'Aaron Fox. So two of our top young point guards in the NBA, and these guys don't like each other. They really don't. There's there's an under-level beef, and they play a lot because it's Memphis and Sacramento. Um, two teams that are, you know, kind of the back end of the playoffs or in in the Kings case, like never really getting there. Um, speaking of a Kings fan, we're going to start with Kevin on this take. Who you got? John Morant, De'Aaron Fox. I have a feeling who you're going to pick since 
your guy's a top five under 25 player. Yeah, well, I mean, when you look at just number-wise, when you look at Jaw, um, he, he's done fine. He's been injured this year, so it's hard to look at numbers there. But, you know, over time, De'Aaron Fox, uh, well, not according to Eric, he's not a point guard. But to me, he's a true point guard, kind of leads the team. He definitely, you know, he's averaged 25 points this year. That's more than what, you know, you've seen what Jaw's had. Every statistical category – Actually, Fox does lead over Jaw, except for, you know, Sist a little bit higher for him. But again, Jaw's averaging 7.3 and Fox is averaging 7.1. You're looking at rebounds. You look at steals. I actually think um, Fox is a better better defender than Jaw Morant. So I think yeah, as an overall basketball player, I think that I would take De'Aaron Fox. I understand that Jaw's an incredible athlete, what he can do. Um, even three point percentage, you know, Jaws around 30% as a career and, you know, Fox 327. So 32%. So he kind of is a little bit of a better player. I think he gets shit on because he plays the Kings and people don't watch him and the West coast, they get a little bit of West coast bias there. Uh, but I, I love Fox. I think that he's the guy you can build your team around. He's going to look good wherever he goes after this next contract. They both need to improve their three-point shooting, though, if they want to get to another level. They want to be all-stars. If they want to be all-NBA performers, both of these players need to uh, take a step up in three-pointers. Um, and we saw Fox has has taken a, a pretty significant leap as far as yeah. from year one to year three. I think that plays a factor here. Morant is in year number two. Fox is in year three. And we saw Fox go from 17 a game to 25 in two years. And year number three is usually – uh, a yeah. huge, huge year for NBA players to take a, a giant leap going forward. And John Moran had some unlucky uh, troubles with it, kind of the, with the ankle injury and all that going forward. I think that he, Ja has a higher ceiling uh, because of his explosiveness. Um, and I, I think he has a, more of a, a winning pedigree following him. Uh, but this is, uh, for me, this is splitting hairs to like, do you want consistency or do you want to try your luck on, on a high ceiling player? Because I don't know if John Morant's career is going to blast as nearly as long as Fox, I can see Fox playing 15 years and, and still kind of like getting up and down the court as fast as he can. So uh, it's hard here. I guess, I, I guess just so I can disagree with Kev, I'll go with um, Ja, but uh, it, 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 you can't go wrong. You, you know, you have a bona fide player that you can build a, a, a franchise around with both of these players. Doc, what's your take? Who you got? So I got De'Aaron Fox, and I don't think it's bad that he's not a traditional point guard. I, I kind of think those are dying out, just like with positionless basketball, kind of a thing now. I, I don't think you see the traditional Chris Paul, Steve Nash's, where it's like their first instinct is to pass. And to mention, you know, De'Aaron Fox's scoring has gone up each year from 11 to 17 and a half to 21 to now 25 this year. And that's correlated with field goal attempts. He's gone from 11 to 13 to 16 to 19 now. So he's definitely shooting the ball a little bit more. His assists have still kind of fluctuated between the six and a half, seven a game. Yeah, they so, remain the same throughout. Yeah, that so period. so you guys I, act like those are bad. No, I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's a. Ba- I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think it's a knock to say he's not like a traditional point guard. But I would take him for the points that you mentioned. I think he's a, a better basketball player in terms of skill. I think John Morant's athleticism and his youth is very exciting to watch. You know, he's he's somebody that will like bang on someone. Or we'll have a nice putback, but yeah, they don't bit, hand out those rookie of the years to just anybody. Yeah, he's he's also he's also a little frail. I mean, he's 174 pounds, and yeah, Darren Fox is. is 185, and they're the same height, six three. So we kind of saw with Luca what he did with uh, John Morant the other day, kind of like backing him down, and Ja couldn't really stand his battle. But I also think of like when you want a bucket at the end of the game, you're gonna go to. 
you're going to go to De'Aaron Fox. And being a Wizards fan, I saw this year first for, <laughs> firsthand where he hit a step back game winner. And I think he is the no doubt number one on that team to get it. And I don't think that's the case with Memphis. I think he's obviously their budding star, but like Grayson Allen dropped 33. Like John Morant isn't their go-to score. Sometimes it's Dylan Brooks. Sometimes it's Brandon Clark. Sometimes it's Grayson Allen. Sometimes it's Jonas Valanciunas. And that's for me what's going to separate it is who do you want the ball in their hands to end the game? And I think it's De'Aaron Fox. I think that their rosters are comparable. I think that the Grizzlies and the Kings, like the surrounding cast – is is close. I mean, I don't think that the Grizzlies have like a much better team here. I mean, Harrison Barnes is still a, a really good player in this league. I think coaching has a lot to do with it, and I, I think Kev can agree with that. That um, he wants Luke Walton out of there, uh, but uh, John Morant's going to have another uh, you know play in experience with the playoffs. Let's see if that that helps him out, and he'll have an, an entire off season to help develop his three point game. So we'll see. Time will tell. All right, and now our question of the week, the Hall of Fame. What's that? My fault. Go ahead, Bray. (laughs) Who who you got? Who you got? I'm sorry. No, I I was just going to say, no, I I think De'Aaron Fox is definitely the best pick. It seems like a lot of us are in agreement there. Um, He seems to me like the reincarnation of John Wall, and then John Moran is more like the reincarnation of Russ Westbrook, even though neither of them died. But um, (laughs) it's interesting to me that – that's People an interesting an analogy too. Like, yeah, right. Just, that's, that's only Brad Stradamus can like <laughs> come up with some type of analogy like that. <laughs> but uh, but I was gonna say like it. The reason people don't see De'Aaron Fox as a true point guard is because he doesn't have a shoot for or he has a shoot first tendency, and the reason that is is because he's the best shooter on the team. Like he's the best scorer on the team. Like we're looking at. 27, 33, 43, 30, 23, 31. Those are his point totals from the last three games. And he played damn near 40 minutes in all of them. Like he's they're also one and nine in the last 10. They're losing those because, games. Because they have a terrible team. Like they're they're really rebuilding. Like the Grizzlies are built to make the playoffs right now. They have they have Jonas Valanciunas. They have it's uh Dylan Brooks. They have it's, it's crazy when you have two super max players on your team and you say that you're in the rebuilding phase. Um, yeah, it just so happens that their young players are they're just not there yet. Like you look at you look at the Pelicans, like they've got Zion and Brandon Ingram, but they're just not there yet. Like the the Memphis Memphis is just they're built different. They're they're built to win in the way that the Kings aren't yet. I like and, well, I like Harrison Barnes over Dylan Brooks. And then when we're talking about when you're talking about Valanchunas, him and Bagley are, are comparable, but obviously Valanchunas is better. He's what better. Are you saying but, <laughs> I would I mean, Bagley was a number two overall pick, and Bagley you might Kevin. not even you, Kevin. You got Holmes. Holmes is not bad. I, I would rather yeah. take Dylan Brooks over over Barnes. Really? So would I? Yeah. No way. He's in the low four forties. Have you Harrison seen Harrison Barnes, Barnes a, play basketball? Bro, he's Harrison efficient. Barnes is horrendous. No, he's not. He averages he's like terrible. seventeen a game. He's really bad, man. And he plays defense. I've watched a lot of league pass. I've watched and he a lot shoots of league pass of efficiently. Brad, it's amazing for as much league pass as you watch. And he's a never champion. Thought, maybe I should. Maybe I should check my fantasy team. <laughs> he yeah, shoots. He shoots forty nine percent, and I can't wait to see what Dylan Brooks shoots because he will shoot you out out of because every he's, game. He's a volume shooter. Like he's got the. He's got. He's having a bad year. This he shoots forty one percent. And he averages 17 a game. Harrison Barge averages 16 points a game with seven rebounds and shoots 49%. 
Harrison and Barnes Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks gives, you three, good, gives you three rebounds and two assists. Harrison, Harrison Barnes will give you four assists. They have completely different roles. Like you're talking about a guard versus a forward. Like they just they're completely different roles and they have different uh responsibilities. Oh that's God. the that's the reason for their difference. They have the in, same in roles and same roles responsibilities. They Dylan are Brooks is the a two. number Harrison two. Harrison Barnes is a four. They're both the number two players on their team. And uh, and he shoots uh, and Harrison Barnes that. shoots forty nine thirty seven in eighty three from the line. Those those are awesome Bro. clips. And Dylan I, Brooks. Let's, def- let's defer to Kevin on this. How do you? What do you? When you watch Harrison Barnes play, what do you see? Nothing. I see he has no <laughs> impact. Like there's nothing that he does no in a impact. game that elevates this team. He's, He's just a champ. Okay. And and he has Those higher win share numbers. He's got higher PER. He has a higher efficient field goal percentage. He's the better defender of the two. Um, he can guard and he's more position. And okay, he's over- he is oh, overpaid. He is and overrated. A, a Give me Brooks because I'll just take him. Yes. All right. Cool. All right. So we're gonna <laughs> stop talking about like average average guys, and we're gonna talk about guys that right, cool. deserve to be in the hall. And not cool. It's time to move on. <laughs> like I think we reached our limit on that. We, we like did that. a deep dive on on Dylan Brooks versus uh, Harrison Barnes when the conversation was John Morant and De'Aaron Fox. So uh, that's funny. <laughs> Fair. Our question of the week is: The Hall of Fame finalists have been named. Who's the most deserving? Um, I think outside Paul Pierce, uh, who I'm Paul Pierce sure going to the Hall of Fame for different reasons. Ah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Him and James Harden are going to that same hall. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> so Paul Pierce, 10 time all star finals MVP. Um, he should probably be first ballot. Um, we can't keep uh, the truth out of our conversations. Um, his latest, his latest tweet was, I can't lose when I lose, I'm winning. Uh, so it, it, Paul Pierce is a little different. Um, so the list includes Paul Pierce, Chris Bosch, Michael Cooper, Marcus Johnson, Tim Hardaway, Ben Wallace, and Chris Weber. Since uh, I forgot Brad last time, Brad, you're gonna start this one off. Oh, how kind of you! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for me, I've wanted Chris Webber in the Hall of Fame like the moment he was available to be put in the Hall of Fame, and that's the reason for that isn't necessarily because of what he did in his pro career. You know, that was he he was great as a pro, but he never like, you know, you're never like okay. Chris Webber is, you know, he's in the pantheon of the all-time greats. That's not that's not his his role. But the Pro Pro Basketball Hall of Fame is a Hall of Fame that includes your entire career yeah. as a basketball player. And what Chris Webber did with the Fab Four changed college, ba- college basketball forever. Fab Five. five, sorry. <laughs> five uh, I was five. gonna say I thought there was five in the lineup. Change yeah, change college cool. basketball forever, man. And I, I think between him and I guess he had the best career out of out of all of them, and I really think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame off of that alone. Like he he literally changed the game. It's a Fab Three. They, they I don't know That's- how to get five. <laughs> Jimmy King, the Texas boys, Jimmy like King, you know, yeah. shout out, but like they were no Juwan Howard or Jalen Rose. Um, but I think it's a travesty that that, that Chris Weber is not in um, the Basketball Hall of Fame. He was a five time All NBA. Yeah, he's only got five All Stars, but he was playing heads up with. Um, Tim Duncan, KG, every single season, and um, with, and got that that uh, that Lakers series robbed from him. Oh man, you guys he, are just stealing all my answers. Right, so you were gonna, you were going to go Chris Webber too? I think. Well, also in high school, he was one of the best, greatest high school players like that we we we've heard about. 
Um, we you, you're talking about his college days, and I mean he he's nothing but produced his whole career. He's got a career average of 21 and 10. Yeah. Like could put Chris Weber in the in the yeah. In the I mean hall. he's also he averaged uh, 20 points uh, for nine straight seasons or 20 plus for nine straight seasons yeah. from the 90 from the 94 to 95 season to the 0203. I mean, you you figure that they literally like the West was stacked at that point. Uh, not a, you know just from the All Star perspective of he's fighting with KG, Tim Duncan, Shaq in the front court, but also had to fight with the Lakers. And you know, t- talk about if he has a ring or two. That's maybe how we change the narrative. Maybe the Kings to keep that team a little bit longer. He also retired at thirty four, and I know his last year he only put up you know three point nine points per game, but he's not one of those people that is you know playing that we see a lot of times now that play till they're 36, 37 years old to kind of stat pad. I mean, he kind of retired as soon as that cliff kind of came, he said, okay, I'm done. And I think had he played a little bit longer, his numbers would be better and it would be, okay, well, he's more deserving because he's higher on the scoring list. He has more rebounds. Maybe he did what players do today and then ring chases. So, but I, he's I think incredibly he's incredibly talented. And, too. and, and he's mean. also like, like look at the stats alone, but if you ever watched him play, he was the best passing big man of that era, yeah, I'm and, glad and arguably, and, and arguably one of the best passing big men of all time. Like C- career average of four a game, but like he, he, they had like five seasons where he, he averaged over five, and he was just so smooth. Machine. He was just so smooth. Well, we had we had Scott Pollard on, and what did he say? He played with LeBron James, Paul Pierce, Chris Webber. He said there was nothing on the basketball court that Chris Webber could not do, and he was the best player that he played with. That would that's out of quote Scott Pollard's mouth so um that's high praise he averaged 27 11 4 1.7 blocks 1.3 steals one season for Sacramento I mean the guy was just an amazing player I think he just rubbed some people the wrong way and that might be like a a black eye to why he's maybe not in but it it reminds me of like Tara Owens like Tara Owens he's he gotta be in the hall for for NFL like let that guy in all right um Let's go, Coach Kev. Who you got? Yeah, Most deserving. You, you guys said all my shit. So, I mean, Weber, Weber was my guy. Um, I will. Yeah, we this took up. the Kings guy, man. I will bring you. this up for Weber. You know, in that 2002 series with the Lakers that I was devastated on and that we got stolen from us, uh, you know, he averaged about 25 a game. And he he was the guy. He had, he had two triples. Uh, or he, he triple doubles. Uh, he, he, he killed it. Uh, and he was right there. He was almost had five in that series. So he almost had five triple doubles in that series against Shaq and Kobe and those guys. Uh, he deserves to be in. I think people, he rubs people the wrong way. He's a terrible announcer though. Jesus. I cannot do <laughs> He is awful. I can't, I can't stand it. My that, ears start the only one that doesn't hate him. That hurts his. I like him, but I can't stand him as a commentator. If him, I swear to God, if I if I do go to hell, it's gonna be him and Reggie Miller. At I love Reggie. Announcing my Don't life. come for Reggie. I love that's, Reggie. That's what's gonna happen. It's gonna be those two dudes announcing my life, and that's just that's my <laughs> that's gonna be my punishment. But I think he deserves to be in. That's my guy. So I, I think he needs to get in there. All right. Um. So I, I I mean I gotta I gotta mention the guy that is, that is gonna be uh, first ballot. Um. Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh is a two-time NBA champion, 11-time All-Star in 13 seasons. He only missed it that first two years. And if it weren't for a blood clots, he would have continued that stretch. And he might be looking at a 14-, 15-year pro. He could probably still boogie today if it if it weren't for that. The way he was keeping up with his health, his versatility, his ability to stretch and defend 
um, bigs and guards. Uh, he was the glue of that Miami Heat team, and he, he took a back, back seat. Um, he's a great character guy. Uh, Chris Bosh, uh, all the praise. I mean, yeah, I'm a LeBron James fan, and, yeah, he gave help bring LeBron James his first championship and um, took a back seat. So I got I got a certain warm feeling for him. Uh, but I, I he belongs in. I think we, we can all agree that Paul Pierce belongs in. Uh, and we and we already went deep on on Chris Weber why he should be in. Any of these other guys stick out to you, or at that point is the, that's the Hall of Good. It's Tim Hardaway on the on the board. Ben Wallace, I think he won Defensive Player of the Year three times. I like Ben. Um, Wallace, Michael man. Cooper, you like Ben Wallace as a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I like Ben Wallace in there. He, I don't know if he's ever going to get in, but when you think about his contribution to the game, he could be argue argue to argue. What's the word? I'm. What's the word I need? Arguably, you you <laughs> got the best diction out of all of us. Yeah. Like, we we can't help you. Out. You're the guy that helps us out, right? Oh man. So <laughs> arguably, he could be considered the start of positionless basketball, right? Like he's an undersized center who was playing defense against any center center that you needed. He could also guard fours and occasionally threes. He was on that Pistons team that won that championship that really nobody thought they were going to win. I, I I really love what he brings to the game. I just don't know if he had the, you know, the longevity of a career, the accolades that you need to get in. But I'd love to see him in there. I I don't. I think that he was a a, a product of the timing. Um, I don't think I think he could he would get played off of the court. Now I know he's a, a just a terrific rebounder, one of the greatest rebounders. He ain't playing seen. now. He's playing. He played then. I might bite. Yeah, I might have to bite back on that because I'm also like, I think Draymond, there's a strong case for him, too. And these guys, those guys are kind of similar. He's not making it. Yeah. So Uh, I don't think they're similar because Draymond is essentially like the the point guard of that that team, even though it's like, you know what I mean? Like he's the he's the orchestrator of that entire offense. He's the engine that makes it go. So that's different than what Ben Wallace was doing. But but I see what you're saying. Yeah, be careful with the argument that he would get run off the court. Bob Cousy's ass would get run off the court now, yeah, too. Exactly. So, like, exactly. Yeah, but you exactly. had to go. You went to 1950. I'm talking about 2000s. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, you got to play it by where they played. And Bob Cousy's yeah. ass, he'd be, he, he be serving me popcorn in NBA games in 2020. That's right. Oh, you got you to gotta, you gotta judge the guys in the air that they played. And yeah. Ben Wallace was the man during his time. Man, and when Bill Simmons hears this, he's coming for you, man. Yeah. He loves some uh, some Bob Cousy. He's got Bob Cousy in his top 10 point guards. All, all right, and um, that's all we have today. You guys got anything to say on the way out? Nope. All right, well, we, we thank you guys. Like always, be safe. Continue to love the game of basketball like we do. Um, share with your friends. Hit the subscribe button and like for the team. That's it for triple play fantasy basketball, and we will see you next time.